0: This week in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus gives us some sound investment advice. But instead of money, he's talking about faith. You're listening to The Weekly Word with Chris Mueller from Everyday Catholic. In Matthew 25, 14 through 30, Jesus tells a story about a man who was going on a long journey. Now, the man was very wealthy, so while he was away, he trusted his servants with a portion of his wealth to manage for him. Each of them was given a responsibility that matched their abilities. So the first servant, well, the master gave him three talents of silver. Now, talent was a unit of measurement and it was a big one. So one talent was equal to roughly 75 pounds. So 75 times three, yeah, about 225 pounds of silver. Now in current markets, that's in the neighborhood of $89,000. The next servant was given two talents to take care of, about $59,000. And the last was given one talent. And let's just say $27,000. So let's be clear. Each was given a lot of money to handle. Even the guy who only received one talent was still holding close to 30 grand of the master's money. Now what happens next is interesting. The first and second servants take the money and knowing that the master is the type of guy who doesn't just let his money sit idle, they invest it. Now that's risky. No investment's a sure thing but they make some good calls and they end up doubling the master's money. The third servant, the one with 27,000, well, he doesn't entirely take the same route. Instead of investing, the third servant decides, well, the master gave me 27,000. So when the master returns, that's what he's going to get back. So he then digs a hole and he buries the money in the ground. After a long time, the master does return and as you can imagine, He's pretty excited when he hears Servants 1 and 2 give the report. He says to them, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. The third servant also has a report to give. Now remember, the master knew each of these guys, and he gave each of them amounts he was comfortable with them handling. So the master knew servant three wasn't the sharpest of the bunch, but he did trust him. The master did see something in the third guy that made him think, yeah, I think good old number three can handle 27,000. So the guy wasn't totally incompetent. Servant number three gave his report, master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and I buried your talent in the ground. Here he is back. In reply, the master said, "'You wicked and lazy servant, "'you knew that I harvest where I did not plant "'and gather where I did not scatter. "'Should you not then have put my money in the bank "'so that I could have at least gotten interest on it? "'Now then, take the talent from him "'and give it to the one who had 10. "'For to everyone who has, more will be given, "'and he will grow rich. "'But from the one who has not, "'even what he has will be taken away.' And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where they will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Okay, I love this parable. It's one of my favorites. Now, is this about our own gifts and talents? Sure, maybe. Maybe this parable is God telling us that if you've been richly gifted with intelligence or athletic ability, well, you should make the most of those gifts and you should use them to glorify the Lord and you should lead others to Him. Sure, I mean, that works. But I think there might be something more here. I think in this parable, Jesus is teaching us about faith. Have you ever wondered how some people just seem to have unshakable faith? I mean, how is it that some people can know with confidence that God wants to speak through them? How can some people be so sure of God's faithfulness that they would be willing to lay hands on another person and speak God's healing words over them? I mean, how is it that some people can choose poverty or religious life? What makes them different? Well, to those who have, more will be given, and they will grow rich. To those who have not, even what they have will be taken away. What if Jesus is talking about faith in this parable? I mean, each of us has been given a gift of faith, and yeah, some of us start with more than others. I mean, some people just seem to be born with a head start. Why? Well, God gives to each according to their ability. He gives you what you're ready for. And let's face it, not many of us are ready for a call like St. Francis. Most of us would just freak out if a crucifix began to speak to us. So God doesn't come to us that way. He comes to us in ways we're ready to receive him. He makes himself known to us in scripture. He makes himself present in sacrament. The spirit gives counsel in prayer. But for most, well, this begins as little nudges a word of scripture that stands out, an image that arrests our minds in prayer, a glimpse of Jesus in the consecration. But what we do with those gentle nudges is so, so very important. We're not just supposed to hold them to ourselves. We're not supposed to ignore them. We're supposed to move in faith. So in prayer the other day, I was reflecting on an opportunity that just sort of presented itself to me out of the blue. And I was praying about this and I was just, I just found myself asking the Lord, why are you so good to me? Why do you take care of me like this? And I know it's a silly prayer, but it was honest. And in response, as clear as I can imagine in my mind, I saw my dad smiling at me and that was it. I mean, no thundering voice, no shaking ground, just, just an image of my father's smile. And you know what? I knew exactly what the Lord wanted me to know. He wanted me to know that he really loves me like a dad. And there in my garage gym at about 530 in the morning, I stopped and I spent some time just worshiping him, loving him back, thanking him for loving me and for giving me an earthly father that was such a powerful witness of my heavenly father. It wasn't huge, but it was a response. Does that make sense? I knew that God had just revealed something important to me, and rather than just sit on it, I chose to act. Now, in all truthfulness, there was also some conviction there too, right? God was also letting me know that it's important that I witness that kind of fatherhood to my children too. So there's something I need to act on as well. So to those who have, more will be given, and they'll grow rich. See, most of us have a sense of God's presence We have a sense of what pleases the Lord and what offends Him. We know that we should pray, and we know that we should seek Him, and most of us actually think about God pretty often. Those are all little nudges. So maybe this week, it's time to lean in and make an investment with your faith. Make a response. If you know something in your life is offending the Lord, give it to Him. I mean, Stop worrying about it and just let Him have it, confess and let it go. Resolve in faith and by grace to stop doing whatever it is. If you find the Lord coming to your mind, gosh, stop and acknowledge that God is present with you in that moment and just spend a quiet moment in His presence. If you are convicted that you should read the Bible more often, well, then put it on your bedside table and read it each night before you go to bed. Remember, something is better than nothing, and God's expectation and desire is that your faith will grow. So take some chances on his faithfulness this week. You've been given a gift. It's time to invest it. It's time to let it grow. This has been the Weekly Word from Everyday Catholic. Everyday Catholic is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we depend on the support of listeners like you. If this podcast is serving you, please consider going to everydaycatholic.com forward slash donate and making a monthly pledge.